Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. And welcome to episode 73 of Yarns from the Plain, putting Louise out of her misery. Hello, how are you? It's about 5 to 7 on the evening of Saturday the 20th of July and I am currently spinning in the garden, hence the bird background noise and occasionally there may be a plane overhead but um, if it's too much I'll edit it out. It's been a warm day today, not sunny, but I've been inside for most of it, so that's why I thought I would come outside to spin. And I thought it would be fun to, you know, spin outside, take the joy outside into the garden and and spin. Um, I've been spinning all day, actually, but I just thought it would be nice to come out and and do it. Now, some of you may be wondering why this episode is entitled Putting Louise Out of Her Misery. (laughs) But that's just a a little bit of a a reference to the fact that um, obviously last weekend was the Tame Show. And I know um, that some of you will have been keeping um, up with what I was podcasting about in the last uh, few episodes. And Louise was eager to find out on um, Saturday what had happened and I told her all in good time to which the reply um, she tweeted was can in good time be quite soon please so I thought well actually I'm now here in the garden and it's so pleasant why not but not just yet sorry Louise I wanted to get some audio um, from the show and I did get some audio from the show but not a great deal I ended up getting really wrapped up in watching um, a lot of the events in the main ring um, because I was there nice and early uh, and it was um, it was really really nice Um, so I've got a little bit of audio and uh, there is going to be a a section um, about the show later on but I thought what I would do is actually stick to some of the normal segments and you know, review what's happening craft-wise here. Um, I can tell you now that the only thing that's been happening um, since I spoke to you last is spinning. Uh, and obviously schoolwork, but, um, you know, anything craft-wise has been spinning. So I've taken part in the Tour de Fleece. I have, over the last little while, I've been doing some spindling on the alpaca but mainly this week I've been plying to clear the bobbins um, for today today was our um, fleece to finished um, celebratory event at the uh, guild of spinners, weavers and dyers and I wanted to clear as many of my bobbins as I could so over the last few days I have plied all of the Shunkley's Cheviot that I spun 15 months ago so that's really nice that's a kind of a it looked purple in the braid but there's much more dusky pinks and roses and browns in there Um, so it's much more sort of pinky 
purpley overall. Um, so I've come up with that was quite fine. So I think there's about 480 odd yards of that. I, I've plied it as a two ply. I plied the um, all of the ready purple hilltop cloud 70% superwash blueface lester, 30% rami. I did that as a three ply. I actually went around to my friend to borrow um, a bobbin for the joy because the joy only comes with three bobbins and they are not the same size as the bobbins I have for the traditional. But I have the joy two, the second version of the joy, and her joy and the bobbins she had with hers are actually the same as the ones for the traddy. So she lent me a bobbin, but when I got home and you know, I realised it wasn't the same as mine just by looking at it. But when I got home and realised it was actually the same size as the traddy bobbin, I um, just used my traddy bobbins to, to ply. So that was quite interesting. That's, that's opened up a whole new world of possibilities, actually, um, for using the Joy. Um, because the, the Joy bobbins take quite a lot. Um, they take more than the Ashford bobbins. But I could spin onto some of the Ashford bobbins because I've got about 12 of the traddy bobbins and then ply onto the joy bobbins, uh, which are bigger, which is, you know, open up a world of possibilities. Anyway, I've plied that up three ply, so that's come out at Aaron weight, so um, about 100 grams of fibre for that. I've got, it's, it's actually slightly thicker, I think, than, than Aaron weight, because it's come out with about 180 yards. Don't know what that is in new money, because I'm really used to sort of converting. Uh, what else have I done? Um, oh, there was a little leftover bit of the merino spin uh, silk um, single from the yarn I used to make the peacock shawlette so, and that was resting on a bobbin so I cleared that off that's about 25 yards um, I plied the lilac blue face lester that I dyed myself I'm fairly sure it's blue face lester not Falkland uh, I plied that up this morning um, I think, I can't remember how much there is there. That's not as much as the Shunkley's Cheviot, so I think there's about 280-odd yards in that. Um, and then today was our fleece-to-finished item. I had great plans for getting audio from that. I don't know why I thought I was going to get audio from that. I was far too busy taking part in the competition. Um, so, what we've we'd done... Let's talk about this for a while, because it's been great fun. Oh, and I'm currently spinning. Sorry, let's go back to just wrap the spinning up. I am currently spinning right now another braid of the um, Superwash Blueface Lester and Rami from Hilltop Cloud. But I'm going to do this as a two-ply. But I'm going to make the singles about the same um, as the singles for the three-ply. So it's not going to be... The, the plan is it's not a light fingering yarn I'd, I'd like it to be a little bit thicker that's the plan anyway so today the fleecer finished item um, event absolutely brilliant probably the quietest I've ever known a guild meeting because so many of us were heads down and involved we had the fleece from five um, sheep of a guild member and um, we're taking them off to prep them. I'd prepped two. I'd prepped the fleece from Annie and the fleece from Betty. Um, 
as we'd been sorting Betty, we'd decided she was a bit mucky. Um, but actually, Annie was a lot muckier. Um, and it was just... Oh, there was so much veg matter. And I pulled out a lot. And I pulled out a lot of beetles and all sorts and prickly bits and everything as I'd been prepping it. But it still wasn't fabulous. And when we um, got to the guild meeting this morning, we uh, had three teams. And so the team captains drew um, lots for the, the fleece. And Annie and Betty were both used and we used Rosie um, which was a darkish brown now I did take a, a cottage piece of Rosie's um, fleece in to show the children um, back in May um, some of them were quite repulsed by the concept <laughs> which is quite funny um, but anyway we had Rosie and the aim was that we had a team of around about seven although two teams did end up with eight members um, ourselves included. We had a a um, member who, um, well, she was a she's a new member. I think she's going to to join us. She came along for the day, and she um, helped us out with a little bit. She didn't do any spinning, but she did do some knitting. The idea was to within the guild me- meeting um, spin enough yarn to make a twelve by twelve cushion. So. We set to with Rosie. We were aiming for a two-ply that could be knit up um, on four to five millimetre needles. Um, you know, so we were aiming for Aaron weight. Well, since a lot of us spin lace, it was a challenge in itself. Um, we had some people carding Rolags. Val, who was carding Rolags for us, oh my, they were fantastic, her Rolags. Absolutely superb. Um... They were lovely to spin from, so really nice. Um, so we had a few thick and thin bits, and some people's yarns ended up, you know, slightly thicker than others and thinner than others. Mine was a bit on the thin side, I think. But anyway, within a short period of time, um, we set to. Now, we had kind of discussed a plan um, at the previous meeting, but Val wasn't there, and that plan had involved. Um, knitting nine four by four inch squares for the front and nine for the back. Well, Val decided quite quickly she wasn't spinning, she'd been carding and then she started knitting. So she decided um, quite early on that she wasn't going to, um, she didn't really want to do the, the squares, she was going to do some strips and that would speed everything up a little bit. So um, the back of our cushion was made of two strips that were about four inches wide but 12 inches long and then three squares seamed together um, mixture of stocking stitch straightforward squares and I think it was a garter stitch corner to corner square the front um, B wove one on a little loom um, we had um, Did we have a strip? Oh, no, we can't have had a strip. I think all the front of ours is nine different um, knitted or um, squares. I don't think we had any crochet squares. Um, I spun a little bit of Annie that I'd actually felted. I put it through the drum carder um, to use it. 
and I spun it up so she was a sort of creamy with some greys in it um, more cream I think and I crocheted a big flower to go on the front and then one of the buttons wooden buttons that I've got that Bee's husband um, made for me um, we sewed that on the front and we stuffed it our cushions with wool sack stuffing now I had um, ordered some there was a bag coming um, that I was going to use to finish off my cushion for the show if you remember but it, uh, it didn't arrive in enough time well it came this week I really don't know well do you know I think I, I think I processed that she said it was 20 kilograms the bags that came last time were 10 kilograms each um, so obviously a 20 kilogram bag is, is it's about the same height but it's you know, substantially thicker uh, and heavier. It is like a dead weight. It's like a, a, a big sack full of many dead bodies. You know, it's hard to manoeuvre. But, um, and, and what had happened was that they'd said I could have some, um, but without realising it, she hadn't realised that it was earmarked for somebody else. So they um, actually ran the mill and milled me a whole lot. So I have 20 kilograms of stuffing. Um, if you think I could, uh, you know, if you can think of a use for it, <laughs> answers on a postcard, please. Anyway, um, we called our cushion Whole Lot of Rosie after the ACDC song, and um, we finished ours in, we took a half hour break for lunch, so if you take that off the time, we spun and knit and sewed up our cushion in three hours, 58 minutes, which um, I'm pretty pleased with, actually. So there was four of us spinning. Um, like I say, I didn't make a square uh, for the cushion, but I did put the crochet of the flat on the top, so I feel quite pleased about that. And I spun um, the yarn that the others used. Then the next ones came in, came in at four hours 30 and that was um, made out of 18 different squares nine on the front nine on the back all crocheted together not sewn um, Valor decided that so uh, crocheting would take too long uh, and then we were going to crochet around the edge to join the front and the back together but that didn't happen they had used a, um, Betty which was um, a nice sort of caramelly brownie um, colour, not quite as dark as Rosie, and then they'd used a bit of um, Elsie, which was almost black, um, to make four contrast squares um, to go on the front. So, and they've called their cushion um, Elsie Bet, uh, which they've also decided is going to be a rather good name for the royal baby when she arrives, assuming it's a she. And and then the last one to finish um, came in at four hours fifty. And that um, was crocheted, everything was crocheted together on that one. There were, oh, um, Elsie Bet, there were knitted squares and uh, crochet squares. And I tell a lie because the back wasn't nine squares. The back was three strips, two crocheted strips and one knitted strip. Um, it was the final cushion where there were 18 no, they weren't. Still lying. Uh, one side was nine four by four squares. The other side was four six by six squares. 
but they were all crocheted together and I think that took more that took more time I think they had also made some rather gorgeous tassels to go on the corner um, but Judith um, they, they mainly used Annie and they said she was horrible <laughs> she was greasy, she stank um, and yeah I prepped her in the same way as Betty and Betty came up much nicer um, so they, they supplemented her with some of Joan which was a grey, which was a nice grey actually so um, Judith's actually taken it home to give it another good wash before she stuffs it um, we've sewn up um, our cushions but because it's wool sack stuffing which is wool it can be washed and just fluffed up and left to dry and it will be fine um, so we're going to give these another wash or I'm going to give them another wash because what we're ultimately going to do is raffle them on our friendship day and so um, you know it would be nice to make sure they're nice and clean and you know even though we've prepped the fibre it's just nice to do it um, the leftover bits of Rosie were quite um, you know highly sought after as were um, Betty and um, I snaffled the leftover bits of Elsie um, I think someone snaffled the leftover bits of Joan strangely enough nobody wanted the leftover bits of Annie mucky Annie <laughs> So, um, but what I might do is I might give it another go at washing. And definitely the felted bit needed to be drum carded before I could spin it. So um, I might do uh, I might do that so that we can spin it, uh, spin it again, and spin some more from it. But it was really it was a really interesting day and a fun day, and I'm so glad we did it. Um, so that you know, so it was it was nice to work on one of those big sort of collective guild projects so I think someone's going to write up for it for yarn maker um, so that will be interesting to to see that in print um, so it was you know it was all good fun so very exciting anyway now I think um, what we need to do is take a step back in time and whiz our way back to last Saturday and we'll have a little listen to my audio from first thing in the morning. So it's quarter past eight on Saturday the 13th of July and I dropped off my entries for the uh, handicrafts competition uh, about half an hour ago. Um, I am the only entrant in some classes. I'm the only entrant in the handspun and the only entrant in the item inspired by a favourite book. So um, watch me watch me only get highly commended on those because <laughs> the standard's not high enough oh, that would be so embarrassing wouldn't it likely to happen though um, I feel really bad because there's normally loads of, of patchwork and it's really high standard and there's none well there's one and then there was mine but of course I didn't finish mine I didn't do anything with mine I feel really bad now because now I feel that maybe I should have hoiked my sewing machine down and you know, boarded it and shoved a cushion in quickly last night. Although I have to say, um, 
I was actually just finishing labels off at about midnight, so maybe that wouldn't really have been the best thing to do. Um, trying to sew a straight seam that time of night is not likely to, to be very good, is it? So anyway, I'm now sat in the sun. I think it's going to be a scorcher today. I've got my sun cream on, um, but I don't have any more with me because I had to blag mums, so I hope I'm going to be all right. And I'm sat by the main ring, and it's the amateur... Um, I think it's the amateur lightweight hunter class at the moment, so they're inspecting the horse. But there are only two entries, and I seem to remember there being lots in this when I was here two years ago. And Eileen, who's the steward on the handicraft, says that there are about 25 entries down on, on two years ago. So I hope that um, I hope that's not a bad sign. The she said that they had to have everything in for February, um, so they were a little perturbed that the schedule didn't get published until May. Um, obviously, that there is a you know I, I think that could have had a, a, a knock-on effect because some of the classes had changed. I think that's quite likely that could have had a knock-on effect. Um, but I'll do a, I'll go and do a proper report from there later on when it's open to the public. I didn't have enough time to, to do anything. Most of the entries were in, but I didn't have enough time to um, go and, and talk. There's quite a few rag dolls, um, all of which are nicer than mine. And uh, there's a lovely mermaid one by the look of it as well. And... Um, Quite a few bags. Um, and baby knitting. I think there's maybe about half a dozen entries in that. But it's just really disappointing. I don't know what we can do to... What we can do. <laughs> like, you know, I live 150 miles away, so it's not much I can do to get more people to enter. But it's not expensive to enter. It's only a pound a class. And it just seems a bit of a shame that there aren't that many... And she's, I think they were beginning to panic because I didn't rock up till 20 to 8. <laughs> and everything has to be in place by 8 because they were laughing. You know, one of the stewards who didn't know me was laughing and saying, oh, we wondered where you were. Because obviously I had, like, entries in 13 classes. But anyway, it's all out there, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it would have been nice that, you know, if there were a few more. So anyway, um, like I say, I'm sat here by the main ring and for some reason they've now decided to pipe music out so I hope that's not too distracting uh, this might be drowning out the sheep noises behind me I'm sat in front of Great House Alpacas when I was here a few years ago I bought some yarn but I don't think they have it spun up in um, the mill anymore I think they just spell, sell the fleece so they were getting the alpacas out of the box so she asked me if I'd stand to block the view of the horses so it didn't spook the alpacas too much. Um, she's brought six alpaca boys along. She said she's had um, a lot of babies this year, but she said it's just too hot to bring them out because um, they'll just expire in this heat without there being in, enough shade. So um, she's just brought boys out. They've been newly shorn, and it looks like they've got uh, some fleece for sale. So I might go and have a little rummage over there in a bit and, uh, you know, see if I can score my first... Um, acquisition at, <laughs> at, you know, 20 past 8 in the morning. Um, but anyway, I was, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a scorcher. There's not a cloud in the sky. There's a bit of haze over the sun at the moment, but I suspect that's going to burn off. Um, and I hope that, you know, we'll have a lovely day. So I'll catch up with you later. Bye.
Well, sadly, I never did catch up with you again later. Um, I did go and score um, some alpaca, though. Um, by half past eight, I'd bought a, a hefty carrier bag full and was um, winding off my um, hilltop cloud hand blend um, with the merino llama um, Shetland and Firestar into a little playing ball so that I could spin alpaca on my drop spindle which I then did by the hunter class and watching the horses for um, quite a little while in fact before um, before 10 o'clock my mum and dad um, turned up so normally the um, domestic tent always the home and garden tent as it was this year is open again around about 10. Depends really on how long um, it takes to judge the... Normally it depends on how long it takes to judge the cookery classes, but they were down as well this year. Um, so that's what can um, hold it back. Anyway, um, mum and dad arrived, and then not long after they arrived, it became the scurry class, which was um, little tiny buggies um, led by two ponies, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, really fast uh, and they have to drive them through these gates which are two basically just traffic cones but they've got tennis balls on the top and they're quite narrow so if you knock them obviously you knock a tennis ball off and that uh, ends up um, giving you penalty points so I got all wrapped up with that and then going off and finding a bacon butty so mum and I um, decided to go and go and see where dad's car was because he thought he'd parked in the disabled space but it still seemed to have to walk a long way to the gate turned out what he'd done is he'd parked in the disabled space of the rugby club not the disabled parking for the show which was a lot closer to the gate so mum being mum even though she doesn't drive she's always got a set of keys in her handbag so I moved the car um, for them so that dad didn't have to walk so um, far back because I think he was just knackered um, by the time we were there and I um, you know, we picked up a couple of chairs that they wanted to leave with a friend in the budgerigar tent. He was stewarding the budgerigars, and um, and then Mum and I went and strolled down to um, the domestic tent. Shall I tell you results now? Or shall I tell you about the Lamb National? Because <gasps> before Mum and I went to go to the car, we saw the Lamb National. The Lamb National was hilarious if you ever ever get to a country show and you see the lamb national brilliant okay it's a bit like the sheep show um do you remember i, I told you about uh, a few years ago that was really funny well this is a, a similar sort of thing i've seen this guy before um he runs sheep dogs and he's been at country shows before where he herds um geese and all sorts he uses the dogs to to run geese and uh, he's run a cockerel and it's all about educating people as to how working dogs are trained. Um, uh, but it's obviously very entertaining. But he had a friend who lives in the Lake District. And, of course, if anyone is familiar with the Lake District, they'll be familiar with Herdwick sheep, which are um, a very hardy breed. In the bad winter of 1963, um, over 60 Herdwick were found. I think it was over 60 Herdwick.
sorry about that. That plane's just put its landing gear down. That's what the high-pitched whine was. Um, whatever wind direction is tonight means that the uh, they're coming in over our house to land at Manchester Airport. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes, um, quite a large number of Herdwicks were found under a 12-foot snowdrift, and they'd survived there for a long... I mean, we're talking, like, nearly... Um, I think maybe two months or something under this snow drip, uh, drift because they're very hardy. They'll graze anything, even you know where there isn't. So what they've been doing is nibbling their own wool to survive. Um, so they're, they're quite a, a hard breed. And he'd seen them, um, his friend, bring them down from Helvellyn um, for dosing them or counting them or whatever it was he was bringing them down for, and then take them back up again. Now, the dry stone walls in the lakes, there are lots of little cubby holes in the dry stone walls, which are just the right size for sheep to go through. But he saw that actually what they tended to do was just jump straight over the wall, and that they could jump quite high. So what he has is he has um, six herdwicks. They wear coloured jackets. On the coloured jacket, stitched to the coloured jacket, as a teddy, wearing racing silks. And then what the dogs do, um, the louder you cheer, the faster the sheep go. Um, but the dogs will just drive them round the ring and they will jump over little, like, trainee show jumping hurdles. The ones that small children start with when they first start jumping on their ponies. And it's absolutely hilarious. Um, so I was taking photos of them from a distance. But then the second time um, I saw them once Andy had arrived... Um, I went and sat right by the the fence, and they were... I mean, Andy was crying and laughing. It was hilarious. Um, and the sheep obviously love it, because they, they're, they're just, you know, you know, can't get a sheep to do something he doesn't want to do, especially not a herdwig. They're far too intelligent. So it was really, really fun um, to watch that, and it was fun to watch the scurries. So I did spend a lot of time um, at the main... Um, at the main gate. I did. I was up early. I, I was up late the night before... I did tell you that, making the cards to go, you know, just to attach things, to give little bits of information and some context. And I was also up fairly early in the morning, um, as you can, you know, imagine, if I was there for quarter to eight, um, and I was loading everything up. Um, so at one point it was really warm, it was knocking 30, if not more. Um, I went and found a shady spot, and I, I just sort of lay down with my head on my camera bag, just to sort of, just enjoy the warmth but out of the sun. Um, and uh, I was listening to um, this, I think it was a traditional band or a blues band or whatever, but next thing I knew, it was a completely different band playing and apparently Andy said I'd slept through an entire Morris dance um, display with sticks and bells and bladder on a stick. So I didn't quite know how I managed that. I think I must have been a bit tired, don't you? Um, what else did we do? We went and had a little look at the sheep. There weren't many sheep entered, um, and they were very hot. They'd, a lot of them had rigged up canopies over the sheep pens, and um, the cattle were really hot. I didn't see any cattle judging this year because that happens quite early, and I stayed, obviously, by the main ring watching the, the hunters and the scurry and everything else. So um, I didn't see any cattle judging, but the cattle were in their little tents. And oh man, there was a bull I thought that was going to die. He was a Hereford, I think. 
and he was laid completely on his side like a dog um, with his front leg his top front leg because he had such a wide chest his top front leg was just dangling out hoof you know clear from the ground um, obviously very very hot um, they'd lifted the sides of the marquee to try and let as much air through they had fans going and what they were doing is that they were tending to take one cow out at a time to the back of the marquee and um, hose them down or wash them down with cool water to try and, and bring the temperatures down. So they were obviously really hot, these poor things. I've never seen a bull like it, just kind of going, I don't want to move. I've had enough. So there we are. Then later on in the afternoon, um, I met up with um, my aunt and uncle and a cousin and her children and persuaded the children to stay or persuaded them to stay till later on in the evening for the grand championship of the scurries um, because the little her my cousin's little girl is sort of loves animals and she loves ponies so um, so that was great obviously we saw the lamb national again she loved that as well her little boy her oldest boy who's four um, loved the parade of tractors around the main ring um, just got that whole boy thing about loving tractors so it was all you know happy chappy but there was a whole load of things I didn't see um, I didn't get anywhere near the dogs um, I don't think what else I, I, I didn't get anywhere near to the top rings where a lot of the um, you know initial show jumping takes place and then the grand final takes place in the main ring. So we did stay for that, so that was that was good. That was exciting. Big big beasts um, jumping over the fences. So it was uh, it was good, I enjoyed it. It was great. What's that you say? Oh, you know, you're right. I haven't. And because I didn't go back and do a proper recording, because I never actually went into the tent on my own, I had someone with me, um, either my mum or um, Andy, I didn't record anything about it. So um, I have got some pictures, though, of each class, and I will put those up on um, the show notes so that you can see um, the different entries that were there. Right, so... Um, OK, so let's have a little go then. Right, do you remember I uh, told you I was the only entry in a couple of classes and watch me get highly commended? Well, they don't award highly commended, but they do award very highly commended. And for my mitts for Miss Matty, uh, which was the only entry in its class, I was awarded a very highly commended, which basically means that had there been anything else in there, um, I, I wasn't good enough to win. <laughs> but I did tell you, didn't I? I thought that they were quite, um, they were quite chunky, and they should have been in a finer weight yarn for Victorian style mitts. So, you know, that's that. What else? Um, Ragdoll. She was a cloth kits kit. So, you know, I didn't. She wasn't going to win any prizes simply because they favour something that's got more personality. Um, and all of the rest of the ragdolls had embroidered faces. So, the one that won was very sweet. She didn't even have wool hair. She had strips of fabric for her hair, um, and I really liked it. It worked really well. So, my ragdoll didn't win anything. My cards didn't win anything. Possibly again, because it might look like it's. Um, die cast, some of them are a die cut sorry, some of the pieces, I did a Spirelli card, um, which is you know, where you wrap gold thread around to make it 
um, look like curve stitching. So, and that's very obviously being die cut. Interesting enough, three years ago, uh, two years ago, I was told that my cards were, um, I needed to use a wider technique. Um, you know, wider technique, because I think I had two lasse cards in there. Um, this year, the winner was three cards that were all made in exactly the same technique, um, using Ghanaian fabrics. Um, so, you know, go figure. Anyway, me, bitter and twisted? Nah. I like my cards. I prefer my cards to the ones that they like and that they choose to win. Um, mainly because I'm not over-fond on just rubber stamping on cards, particularly where you've rubber stamped and then coloured in bits with um, felt pen. That's just not my kind of style, so um, I really don't mind. Remember, I enter... If I enter more than 12 things, I get a free... Uh, if I enter 12 things, I get a free ticket into the show, so... You know, you're going to find me entering 12 things, whether it's 12 types of jam or or whatever. Right, so uh, so I've talked about me highly commended for me mitts. Uh, I've talked about my ragdoll and my cards not making anything. My booties didn't get anything either. Um, and do you remember I decided to go for the white and traditional? Because that's what they seem to go for. Well, the winner was a shawl, a big shawl. Um, that was white and slightly fuzzy and traditional. Um, but the thing that came second was a really bright granny squared pram blanket. So I was delighted to see that because it was knit or crochet baby item this year. That was where the crochet was. They took the crochet class out. So I was delighted actually that that was a, a colour thing and it won. Um, the creative stitches picture. Remember my every home should have one long stitch picture of Salafield. Uh, well, there were two entries in that class, and I won very highly commended with that. Um, like I say, every home should have one. The piece that won was a lovely, was really a piece of abstract art. It was lovely. It was um, different fabrics that had been stitched together using different stitches on the machine, embellished with different stitches on the machine. There were sequins on it. Um, it went from shades of blue through to green, so it was it had an overall turquoise theme. Not that dissimilar, actually, to the before Rami that I'm spinning right now. Um, and it was just lush. It was really nice. Right, what else? Um, oh! Um, my recycled materials oven mitts. You know, the ones made out of the pyjama bottoms and the... Um, and the the um, jeans pockets. I came third. There were only three in the class, but I got a third for that rather than a very highly commended. So there you go. Ha <laughs> ha. Um. So the second prize was a bag that was made out of jeans and some old. It might have been velvet curtains, but they were definitely her mum's old curtains. And the winner was a rag rug, um, lots of different fabrics, um, and it was a, um, a like a bowl of flowers with a, a border around the edge. Right, moving on, what have we got? Oh, my beading, um, my green beaded necklace, that came second. Um, in a class, I think there were... Three in that, I think. Were there three? I can't remember. Two or three. Didn't win. The one that won was um, 
quite an elaborate piece of work, a necklace with an um, elaborate butterfly on it. Mum didn't enter anything this year. I think she should have done, but she didn't. My... Remember the machine um, or handmade bag? And I said that the zip was sticking. It got second. How amazing is that? There were quite a few bags entered. Um, some knitted and fulled ones. Some knit with um, beads. Um, some fabric ones. Um, so one made out of something that felt like it was um, PV, uh, PVC. So interesting. So I got second on that. I was quite pleased with that. And B's buttons were much admired. So, um, so that was nice to know. Um, my felted vessel. Uh, there were three entries in the fight item of felting. Um, a bag that had been knitted and fulled. So it's not really felting, is it? But it's fulling, really. But that's, that's okay. Uh, a little needle felted wolf. And then my felted vessel. And my felted vessel came second. So there you go. Something a bit different and unusual. So we are at, what's that? Two very highly commended. One third and three seconds. Okay. My Poshman mittens. You know the fair arm mittens in the posh yarn in the Nordic style. I got a first. I got a first in the knitting class. Woohoo! And actually, when I put the, the mittens together, when I got home that night, or when I looked at them the next morning, one thumb's longer than the other. How did it get first? Obviously, one judge was looking at one mitten and one judge was looking at the other, obviously. But I'm absolutely delighted. I have to say, when I put it down, I did think they were the nicest items. Um, they were the ones that were most appealing to me. Um, there were some socks that came second, and... Um, I can't think what else there was in that class. There was some, there were a number of um, pieces and a, a sort of top and skirt with big round sequins um, knitted in, which not my taste, but um, quite a high level of workmanship, I think, in that. But I got first. I was quite delighted with that. In the cushion, the um, there were three entries in the cushion again traditionally have been quite a few in there with um, lots of patchwork but the patchworkers just didn't they weren't out in force um, so there was a latch hook kit of a Jack Russell there was a um, piece of a lovely piece of cruel embroidery um, of an owl in the centre of a, a, a that had then been bordered with some fabric and um, made up into a cushion. And then there was mine that was wide and um, woven and had the fringe on the side and the um, the the fringe on the, on the front and the big wooden buttons. And that got first. Apparently lots of people were, were saying that it was just something they just wanted to pick up and hug and squish. Well, I'll tell you something, with the sheer amount of stuffing I've got, the temptation to set up the loom and weave and make loads of fabric and sell them on Etsy is quite strong, because what else am I going to do with that stuffing fabric? Although someone did suggest I could take some into Guild and sell it on the sales table, 
which is true, I could do. So that leaves my hand-spun peacock shawlette. Okay, now I put it in there along with a little skein of hand-spun and um, some of the fluff so people could see what it had come from and what it had turned to because I think that part of the thing as well to do in these is to is kind of show people what the, what the crafts are. That's why I put the little cards with some of these things. Mum can't understand why I did. Oh, the judges don't want to know things like that. And it's like, well, actually, well, you need to give a context for some of these things. Because if you don't give a context, how will people be able to judge the work that's gone into it? That cushion, what was important to that cushion was that I'd woven the fabric myself, not just taken somebody else's, you know, taken some fabric and, and made it. So um, I put a little context card there. It was the only entry in... Um, of which I'm really saddened because there is quite an active guild not very far from uh, active spinning guild not very far from um, Tame which is, you know, it's a shame it didn't get you know, more entries but bearing in mind that my other thing that I entered that was the only one in its class only got very highly commended um, I was delighted that it was awarded um, a first prize even more delighted to discover that it was also awarded the Tame Show Diploma, which is awarded to the best exhibit in the handicraft section. So my Peacock Charlotte won Best in Show, which I am inordinately proud of. Now, those of you who are of a mathematical bent and remember last time will be going well hang on last time she only entered nine classes and didn't have that many wins you're right i again won the tame show trophy so i again have that little six inch high cup with my name on it um to show that i was the exhibitor with the most number of points in the handicraft section so part of me is delighted, because obviously it's nice to defend it and have your name on it again. The other part of me is sad, though, because two years ago when I won it, it was quite a close-run thing between me and um, the lady who'd won it the previous year. And she got the best-in-show diploma um, for her item. I can't remember what she, she got it for. Um, I know that it was a fairly close-run thing between that and my felted cushion, but they'd gone for her um, piece instead. And I, you know, it, it was just like a real amazing thing to have won it. Oh, hello, another wine again with the old London beer coming down, sorry. Um, but this year there wasn't anyone that had entered as many classes as me, so it, it wasn't... Hollow victory's not right because I am inordinately proud because I could have entered stuff that was so cack that it hadn't been awarded anything um, or it had been awarded very highly commended which I don't think has any points towards the trophy um, certainly doesn't have any monetary value um, in terms of prizes are very highly commended first, second and third have all got um, gift vouchers for a local upholstery and haberdashery store, but very highly commended doesn't. So, um, 
I don't think there are any points towards the Handicrafts Cup either. So, you know, had everything I'd entered got very highly commended, then obviously I, I wouldn't have won it. But I just feel that it it's a shame that there weren't the entries. I'm also concerned that even though it was a glorious day, um, there didn't seem as many people there as there have been in the past. Um... But that may be that when Mum and I were going to go and move the car and get the chairs out, there were people going home at that point because it was too hot and they had babies and they had young children and they were concerned about the, the weather. And, and in a way, today, the weather conditions today would have been way better. Well, the weather conditions here in Cheshire would have been way better because it's still warm, it's still 24 degrees, which is gorgeous, but there's a slight breeze and it's overcast, so... Um, you know, you wouldn't have had that burning sun. I went very... I actually looked like I'd been... When I got home to mum's that night, it looked like I'd been rolling in the dirt. My face was so brown uh, and my arms were so brown. My legs weren't particularly, even though I was wearing a skirt. But um, everything else was pretty brown. So I hope... I hope the show um, turns a profit, or at least breaks even this year. If it doesn't, I don't know what will happen to the show. Um, because I don't know that it will survive if it can't. If it can't make a profit, it can't survive, um, which is just heartbreaking to me. It's it just really sad. Um, but I was talking to somebody who'd entered um, quite a lot of um, things in the flower section, and she was saying that um, what she felt was that the local paper needs to do a spread early, you know, in the late winter, early spring, with possible examples, because maybe people don't know what to enter um, and what kind of things to enter. And um, I was thinking that, I mean, I don't know, but does the steward in charge of the tent know of the existence of things like the um, Embroiderers Guild, Guild of Weavers, Spinners and Dyers, the um, Patchwork Guild. You know, if, if they don't know of those things, then, you know, there's a possible audience there of people who might be prepared to put their things in the show and then because they've put their things in the show, they're prepared to go along to the show. And even if you put 12 entries in and you get a free ticket... You'll quite often buy a ticket for your family um, or for your spouse. So I bought, I got my ticket free, but I bought a ticket for Andy. And, you know, so I'm spending money at the show. I don't know, but it's just an idea. So I was thinking that I might contact the secretary um, and suggest it, and maybe suggest some contact points. Because if if people know that, there are classes that could be entered by spinners or weavers or dyers. You know, a cushion one is a really easy one to enter for weaving. You know, I've seen some amazing woven cushions in the past, um, you know, from the Woolsack staff. So, it, you know, that could be one way so you get entries up. When you get entries up, then, then it can cover, um, you know, cover the, the costs. But it will be tragic if we lose the show. Really tragic. Anyway, on that rather melancholy note, um, gosh, you know, jolly B, jolly D, um, 
I just like to say that it is. Um, it, it's been. It, it was a blast. I really, really, really enjoyed the day. Um, if you have any opportunity at all, I would urge you please go and support your local um, county show. There are still a number of county shows that haven't taken place this year. Go and support them. You know, I know for a fact the Bucks County Show on the first Thursday of September is coming up. Um, there are county shows in the lakes. There are village shows. Go and show your support. And, you know, just... I'm a bit of a... You know, a bit of an old stick in the wood, and I like these kind of things. Um... You know, if you're familiar with the old Kinks song about the um, Village Green Preservation Society, I'm that kind of person, you know, and I just think it'd be a shame if we lost them. Just a reminder of um, upcoming events. I am um, hopefully going to drop into Fibre East on Sunday next week. Um, That's in Bedford. It's running on Saturday and Sunday. Looks like it's going to be a fantastic um, show. I think it's out... um, Oh, can't remember if it's Ant the Hillway or not. So, but that that's coming up. Um, we've got um, Yarndale coming up at the end of September um, in uh, Skipton. We've got um, the Bakewell um, wool gathering in October. So there are a great many fibre events still happening here in the UK Um, so if you haven't had a woolly fix yet um, then keep an eye out because you know it will be coming your way and of course um, Ali Pali is uh, happening again in October um, as it always does or at least I'm saying it, it happens in October like it always does, gosh, hope it is what if it isn't no please don't say that it's not, I'll go research and find the dates for you, okay so until next time, and sincerely hoping that Louise from Caithness Cross Collective has indeed been put out of her misery. Um, take care and look after yourself. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com. Or you can message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plane. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. And you can also find me at Twitter, where I tweet as Tales from Plane. Go on, make yourself heard.